So to start out this Christmas series, we're going to have a game. So I need, uh, I need like, uh, Devin and Devin, why don't you guys come on up? It's just easy for me to, to do that, Devin and Devin. So you guys come on up. But, but you know, I'm going to need some people to help me out. So uh, if, uh, Kristen, you want to come up here. And uh, <laughs> Jennifer, you want to come up? So we'll have two girls because this is, this is going to be um, really important. The ladies are probably better at this than we guys are. So what we're going to do here in just a moment, they're going to have a minute and a half to wrap these guys up. They have to, they have to package them the best they can. So we're going to give them all the same materials. So here's a pack of tape. Here's some ribbon. Okay. And then once you guys get finished, you can have some bows. And we're going to see which guy is wrapped the best. All right, so here we go. I'll just put the bows on the floor. Now, what you guys need to do out in the audience is y'all gonna cheer them on, all right? So when I say go, I'm gonna give you a minute and a half. Yeah, I mean, just do the best you can. Well, I, they probably need some help. Y'all need some help, right? You need some help? Okay, so who else, who wants to help them? So, you want Kathy? Okay, Kathy, you've been called. You've been called to come down and help. So, Chance, you want Chance? Okay. Oh, it's already started? Okay, so... We're gonna we're gonna set it at a minute and a half, maybe. <laughs> we're, we're trying to get there. Okay, we're almost there. Okay, that's close enough. All right, on your mark, get set, and go. Oh, yeah, you just got to have to, yeah, like, just wrap it all around. Twenty seconds. Ten. Nine. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. That's time. All right. So let's see here. Okay. Not. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. I think, I think they did a pretty good job, don't you? Don't you think they did a pretty good job? All right. So, so let's hear for this, Devin. What do you guys think about this rapping job right here? Is it pretty good? All right. What about this rapping job over here? Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So I think this Devin over here is the winner for this competition. All right. But, <laughs> all right. So you guys can, yes, unwrap, de-wrap, however you... All right. Now I know that some of you are like, no, you can leave it. You can leave it. You can leave it. It's part of the message. Yeah. So again, I said unconventional Christmas, right? Yeah. Don't clean it up. So I know y'all are like, where am I? What am I doing at this place? But it is all part of the message. You see, we're not all that we're wrapped up to be, are we? You see, isn't it interesting how a lot of times we come to church and we try to put on, you know, our very best. We want to look our very best. We want to dress up and be, you know, all wrapped up and pretty and, and all of this. And yet, you know, as even Stacy was talking about with the children, is that sometimes the packaging doesn't match what's really going on on the inside, right? And, and, and sometimes, you know, it's really important for us as we move into a holiday season and we talk about Jesus and, and the incarnation, and that's just a big word that just means God in flesh, all right? That God became a man, that God became human, all right? Now, let me be clear on this. Jesus was not a man who became God, all right? This is what makes Christian, one of the things that makes Christianity very different is that you cannot, none of us will ever be a God, but that's where our problem is, is that some of us try to be God in our own lives. We try to make our own decisions. We try to do everything on our own, and we are not intended to be that way. We were created to worship. And the problem is we worship ourselves many times. And so this holiday season, as we kick off this unconventional Christmas, I want you to understand that it's okay for you, it's okay for you to come to church it's okay for you to be real wherever you are. Isn't it awesome that we worship a God who allows us the freedom to be who we are? That we don't have to put on a front before Him. And, and let me just say this, that you can try to put on a front before God, but you're not getting away with anything, right? You're not, you're not fooling Him. You might fool people around you for a time. There might be some people who would be surprised, right? But, but God sees us as we are all the time. Some of you may have had this experience with Christmas where, you know, you've, you've had to do a rush wrapping job, <laughs> right? You didn't realize that you were all out of paper, so you piecemeal it together, right? And you just find some pieces of paper, wrapping paper, and it's like, well, at least it's wrapped. doesn't really matter. Some of you may have had to go this route, <laughs> right? Straight from the store under the tree, and then I thought this one was great. I, it's just from, from Hobo Santa. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, it's not, it's not really about the outside, right? It's, not, it's, it's really what's on the inside that counts, right? I mean, we all say that. But is that really how we feel? Is that really the truth of the matter? And, and I want you to say, yes, it really is the truth. It's what's on the inside that counts. And many of us may spend a lot of time 
working on the outside, putting on appearances, or doing our very best, trying to dress up our mess, all for nothing. But you see, this is what makes Jesus so incredible, is that you don't have to dress up your mess. Is that, that, that you don't have to put on a front, you know, and we were talking about this a couple weeks ago with Halloween, you know, how easy it is for us to, to be the, the, the masked worshiper, that, that we try to, you know, we want to cover up, we want to hide. And, and so I think it's interesting that God brings us back to this whole concept again at Christmas, that the wrapping, all the stuff that's on the outside, listen, it doesn't really matter. I want you to understand this today, that you don't have to have it all together to come to God. You don't have to have it all together. And even if you've been piecemealing parts of your wrapping, you've been trying to put all things together, listen, nothing holds together if it's not in Christ. Colossians tells us that in Him, all things hold together. And so the best place for us to start as we move towards an unconventional Christmas is to start seeking Him. We seek Him. Here's why. Because He sought us. He sought us. And He's still seeking us today. It's amazing that when Jesus was born, He didn't come and be born in a palace. He came and was born in a stable in a manger, in a place where there was... I, I, have y'all been in a stable lately? I haven't, and thank goodness I haven't, right? I remember when I was working at camp, we had a stable. We had horses. I hated horses because they smell, right? And they're dusty, and they're nasty animals. And I remember that one summer, we had to clean out the barn, which hadn't been cleaned out in six months, and there was stuff that was piled this high. <laughs> the first layer wasn't quite so bad. But when you got down to the third and fourth layer, it was horrible. Unfortunately, we had eaten pizza for lunch. And I was retasting it again two hours later. <laughs> because it's a mess. And it ain't pretty. And it's nasty. And some of us, we've got the first layer pretty good. But you start digging down to that second, third, fourth layer, and you know what? It gets a little ugly, gets a little messy, gets a little nasty. But this is what's amazing about Jesus, is that he, was he came and was born in a manger, and he showed us he wasn't afraid of a mess. He's not afraid of your mess. And you don't have to be all put together before God this holiday season. In fact, He's the one who's going to put you together. In Genesis chapter 3, and we won't turn there. We are going to look at Scripture in a minute. And then some of you are like, oh, where's the Bible? We're going to talk about it in a minute. Okay. But Genesis chapter 3, listen, y'all know the story, right? That Adam and Eve were put in a perfect place. They walked with God. Jesus was in the garden walking with them every day in the cool of the day, the Bible tells us. But one day, Jesus comes walking in the cool of the day, and Adam and Eve aren't there. He says, hey, Adam, where are you? The Bible tells us that Eve was tempted 
to eat of the fruit of the tree. She ate of it, and then she gave it to her husband, who also was with her, and he ate it as well. And when they did that, they realized there was a problem. We've created a mess. We did something we shouldn't have done. And what did they do? The Bible tells us they ran and they hid themselves. And then what did they do? Y'all tell me, what did they do? They clothed themselves. They were like, we got to cover this up, right? We got, we got to put on some wrapping, right? Wrap us up. Put a bow on us. He'll never know, right? But God knew. God knew before he even asked them, where are you? He knew exactly where they were. And God knows where you are. It's not like God's, you know, up in heaven. The Bible tells us that God is omniscient. That's a big word that means he knows everything. That means he knows where you are. He knows where you're sitting. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what's going on in the deepest layer of your being. He knows and so when he comes to Adam and Eve and says, hey, Adam and Eve, where are you? He knows where they are. And they said, oh, when we heard you, we ran and we hid ourselves. And we just thought it would be a good idea for us to cover ourselves up because we were naked. Who told you you were naked? Who told you that? Did you eat of the fruit of the tree? You see, nobody told them they were naked. God knew that. They knew they were naked because they ate of the tree. He said, oh, something clued you in that you were naked. And that's because you disobeyed me. And because you disobeyed me, you felt like you needed to cover up and hide your sin. You needed to hide from me. But look at this. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 7. David is about to be anointed as king. God has sent the prophet Samuel to choose the next king. Samuel shows up and he starts asking where all of Jesse's sons are. And everybody thinks, oh, it should be the firstborn. And so they bring the firstborn. And Samuel says, nope, not him. He says, how about number two? Nope, not him. How about three? Nope. Four? No. Five? Six? Jesse, do you have any other children? In fact, I do. The youngest one is out in the field tending the sheep. Samuel's like, well, go get him because we've been through six. <laughs> Maybe he's the one. When they bring David before, Samuel says he is the anointed of the Lord. He's the one. And this is what Samuel says. The Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Everybody was thinking, oh, it should have been the firstborn. Oh, it should have been one of these others. But what does God tell Samuel? He says, no, don't look at everybody's outward appearance. You're so focused on all this other stuff. What really matters is what's in people's hearts. What really matters is what's, it's what's going down in that deepest layer of your being. So let me ask you, what's happening in your heart of hearts? What's happening deep down inside? What mess are you trying to cover up? What mess are you trying to hide? What mess are you trying to put a bow on to say, oh, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's going to be pretty. It's pretty. And everybody around you is saying, wow, it's 
kind of stinks. <laughs> kind of smells. I don't want that gift. Externals are not eternals. Externals are not eternals. And those of us who are getting older, we can all amen that, right? <laughs> Some of y'all have been doing the 10-year challenge on Facebook <laughs> where you take your picture of yourself now and you hold it up to the picture of yourself 10 years ago. Some of you are like, well, it didn't change that much. Give yourself another 10 years, Right? And you see, what can happen is we can get so focused on trying to hold it all together, trying to look like something, trying to be like something, and yet God is trying to do something in our heart of hearts because it's what's inside that lasts forever. Jesus did not come to die for your body. He came to die for your soul. And because he came to die for our souls, that should be the most important thing for us to deal with, especially at Christmas. But Jesus did come in a body. He did choose to put on flesh and bone. Why would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus, the God of all creation, why would he come and put on a body? You see, this is what Christmas is all about, is that we have a God who is not just removed from us. We have a God who is not just up in heaven, just enjoying, you know, like the Sims, kind of just watching all these people make decisions. That's not our God. Our God says, I want to come and be among you. I want to live among you. If you've got a Bible, turn over to John chapter 1, verse number 14. John 1.14. Some of your translation is probably going to read a little differently, but the one that, I, that, I, that I'm aware of says this, And the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh. Y'all remember uh, in Genesis, right? When God creates the heavens and the earth, what does He do? He speaks it right? God said, let there be light, and there was light. What do we speak? We speak words. So this is telling us that in heaven, when God spoke, Jesus, the Word, is the one that did it. When God spoke something, the Word made it happen, but the Word took on a body. You see, up to this point, Jesus, when, God, when, when the Trinity is in heaven, right? Jesus doesn't have a body. He doesn't have a body in heaven until he comes at Christmas. When he comes at Christmas, the Bible tells us that the word became flesh and he put on flesh and bone just like you and I. Why would God do that? I want to submit to you there are many reasons why God would do that, but let me just give you a couple of things to think about. That maybe we have a God in heaven who wants to understand what it's like for a human being to think about something. You know, you know God can't think, right? He knows. God, God's not up in heaven kind of scratching his head saying, I wonder how this is going to work out. He's not, he's not doing that. But you see, when Jesus came as a baby, right, he had to grow. He had to learn things. He had to learn how to walk. 
Can you imagine what it would be like if Jesus would have just popped out and started walking on the ground? But I mean, this is God, right? Couldn't he have done that? But no, he limited himself and he became a one, a, a, a human being who had to learn how to walk. He had to learn how to talk. Here's, this is what's ironic, is the word of God has to learn how to speak. And yet, what does he do? He limits himself that way so that he can learn just like you had to learn how to talk. He fell down and got hurt, scraped his knee, and here is God himself who is bleeding. He also had a lot of other things that he felt, like betrayal. You ever been stabbed in the back by a friend? And Jesus can say, I have. I know what that feels like. You ever been let down by the people that you love? The people that you thought were going to be with you till the end? Jesus can say, I, I know what that feels like. You ever lost a loved one? Jesus says, I know what that feels like. The Bible tells us when Jesus' close friend, Lazarus, died. We hear that Jesus himself wept. He wept. And so we have a God who says, I want to have the human experience. I want to know what it's like for them so that they can never look at me and say, you don't get it. There's no way we could ever say that to God. There's no way we could ever say and look at Jesus and say, you don't understand what I'm going through. He does understand exactly what you're going through. And it's because he chose to come and be wrapped up in human flesh. And everybody else just thought he couldn't be the Messiah. He would never come wrapped up like that. He, he's just wrapped in swaddling cloth, laying in a manger. I mean, put a robe on him for after all. Come on. That's not how a king comes. That's not how, a, how the Messiah is going to be born. And yet, that is exactly how he was born. The incarnation is so important for Christians because God didn't come, to, come packaged as everyone thought he would. Next week, we're going to have a sermon that's called Jesus in 3D. And we're going to focus a whole lot more on Jesus coming as our Savior and Messiah. But this is what I want you to get today, is that God's not going to do everything the way that you think he's going to do everything. And that's what makes him God. And, and because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, because his ways are far beyond anything we can imagine. It says, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God says, I'm going to do some things that are unconventional. I hope you're okay with that. God says, I'm not going to do everything the way that you think I should do it. I hope you're okay with that. God says, what I'm going to do in your life is probably not going to be anything like what you were expecting. And boy, I, we can all have that testimony, can't we? <laughs> How many of you 10 or 15 years ago were thinking, wow, this is where I'm going to be in 10 or 15 years? You don't even have to think back that far. Think back on this last year. In January of 2019, you had some plans. You had some goals. Let me ask you, how you doing on that? Are you where you thought you'd be? 
Is it happening the way you thought it was going to happen? You don't even have to think back that. Think back to yesterday. <laughs> How many of you yesterday went the way you thought it was going to go? It probably didn't go that way. But that doesn't mean that God's not in control. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Just because things don't go the way you want them to doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. And it doesn't mean that God is not aware. He is aware of what's going on with you. So I want to look back here as we move to a close on this sermon. Genesis 3, 14 and 15. Then the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman. I, I think there's a lot of men, too, that would fall into that category. Right? I don't like snakes. I know Rick doesn't like snakes. Many of you may not like snakes. <laughs> no, Rick does not like snakes. <laughs> But look at this. I think this is so interesting. He says, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring, and you might want to circle that, and her offspring. Between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Where does the seed for a child come from? Man. But who is God talking to here? Eve, this is a prophecy. And what God is saying to Eve right here is saying, there is going to be a virgin birth. From Genesis chapter 3, right here, the beginning of time, God is saying, there's going to be a virgin birth because your offspring, Eve, it's your offspring that's going to crush the serpent. We believe as followers of Jesus that Jesus is the perfect Son of God, that He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and not by man. We believe that Jesus came and lived a perfect life. Look at this, Matthew 1, 20 through 23. As Joseph considered this, an angel appeared to him in a dream. And in case you didn't know, Joseph was not the earthly father of Jesus. It says, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. You see, Joseph was, Joseph was thinking, she's been unfaithful to me. I should divorce her. This is the kind of thing that would have been natural for any of us to think. She's been unfaithful. How can I trust? How can I trust this marriage? But an angel comes and says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And look, you are to call his name Jesus. Here's why. Because he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. All of this happened, and it was planned from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3 when God said, I'm going to send my son, and he will live among you. Why? Because you have sinned. Because you have tried to wrap yourself up and make yourself look good before God, and you don't have to. 
When Adam and Eve sinned and they went to make clothes for themselves, what does God do? God comes and says, that wrapping's not going to work. And so what does God do? God clothes them. God puts clothes on them. But what do they have to do? They have to take off what was man-made. They have to take off what their efforts were. They have to get rid of it and say, yeah, you're right, God, this is not working. And so God kills an animal to clothe them. There's a sacrifice right at the beginning of time. And all of this points to Jesus because there must be a blood sacrifice when there's sin. And so God kills an animal and he clothes them. God says, here's my provision for you. And today God has provision for you as well. But you have to be willing to do this. You've got to be willing to take off your wrapping. You've got to be willing to say, yeah, God, you're right. This is not going to do. And it's because of what Jesus has done for us. C.S. Lewis has written many books. One of the books that um, kind of points this picture out to us best is The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Some of you may have read that book. But if you haven't, I want to draw your attention to a young man in the book named Eustace. Eustace was a young man who as they were traveling, came upon this island. And when they came to the island, it was inhabited by a dragon's lair or a dragon who had a lair. And while he was there, Eustace goes in and he finds this bracelet. And because of his greed, because of his desires, he couldn't help himself. So he took one and he put it on. He fell asleep with it. And the next morning he woke up, but he was no longer himself. He had become a dragon. He had become a beast. Let me read you some of it here. You can read along. Aslan, the lion character, the Christ figure in the story, comes to Eustace. And he says to him, or this is what it says, Then the lion said, But I don't know if it spoke. You will have to let me undress you. I was afraid of his claws, I can tell you but I was pretty nearly desperate now. So I just lay flat down on my back to let him do it. The very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling off the, the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. The only thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. You know, if you've ever picked the scab off a sore place, it hurts like a billy. Oh, but it's such fun to see it coming away. Eustace was here, and he said to the Aslan, to Aslan, the lion, the Christ figure, he said, can you do something about this? And Aslan says, yes, I can, but it's going to hurt. He says, are you willing to let me cut deep into you? And Eustace said, I've tried. I've been trying to peel this off, and yet when I peel it off, it comes back. Yet when I peel it off, it seems like I always get wrapped up in something else. But as you see here, when Aslan cuts it, it says, well, he pe peeled off the beastly stuff. And there was, there was I as smooth and soft as a peeled switch and smaller than I had been. Then he caught hold of me. I didn't like that much 
for I was very tender underneath now that I had no skin on. And he threw me in the water. It smarted like anything, but only for a moment. After that, it became perfectly delicious, and as soon as I started swimming and splashing, I found that all the pain had gone from my arm. And then I saw why. I turned into a boy again. You guys remember what it was like when you were a child? I used to get the Sears catalog. <laughs> when it would come in the mail, it was Christmas time, flipping through those toys and circling all these things I wanted. I was like, oh yeah, man, this is awesome, right? And I, my list of Santa was this, you know, a mile long. And I just remember dreaming about all this stuff that was going to happen on Christmas Day. And right, we all lived for Christmas Day because of what was going to be underneath the tree. But it wasn't about the packaging. Some of you have had this happen before. You've gotten a really nice package at Christmas, right? And you open it up and you're just like, oh, it's a pair of socks. <laughs> Another tie I don't need, right? You see, we can decorate all these things, but it's not what we're looking for. And I want to submit to you that this holiday season, some of you are going to be searching for all this stuff, but it's not what you're looking for. That God wants to give you a gift, and if you will receive that gift in the package of Jesus, Jesus came in flesh and bone for us. But we've got to be willing to accept that package. And the Bible tells us this, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That if anyone will receive this gift, that we can be forgiven of our sins. And anyone who confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord will be saved. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. So then, since we have such a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Jesus came in an unconventional way because we have a God who loves us right where we are. But he will not allow you to stay where you are. And so this holiday season, as we launch into an unconventional Christmas, I want to encourage you to be like Eustace. Allow Christ to unlayer you. Allow Christ to rip off all this packaging Allow Christ to unwrap you. Would you be willing to unwrap him this holiday season? He's not a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes anymore. He's the Lord of lords. He's the King of kings. And one day he's coming again. Amen. And we pray for that day. We pray that it happens soon. I, I, I remember when I was a kid, you know, it's like, I was a Christian, I, got, I became a Christian at like 14, and I'm praying, you know, Jesus, don't come back till after 16 so I can get my license, right? <laughs> I, want, I want to be able to drive, I want to be able to drive, I want to know what that's like. And, and you know, some of you may have had those kind of feelings, you know, I, I don't know if I want Jesus to come back yet. Listen, 
when Jesus comes back, it's going to be better than anything you can imagine. And some of you may be thinking, you know, well, what's it going to be like, you know, in heaven? Well, we just, I'm just going to, I get bored just sitting here, you know, listen, I don't want to have to, I'm going to be bored in heaven. You're not going to be bored in heaven. You know why? Because you're not going to be the same in heaven. See, you're thinking with a human perspective. And you're not going to be the same in heaven. Because God cannot allow anything of this earth into his heaven. This is why you're going to be changed before you get there. And you're either going to be changed through death or you're going to be changed through rapture. One way or another, you're going to be changed. And so don't think that when you get to heaven, it's all going to be, you know, just going to stand around singing these songs all day. Listen, when you get to heaven and you have a new heart and a new mind and a new body and everything, you're going to be just fine with it. Because you're going to realize who and what God really is. Right now, we compare him to the best things that we can think of on this planet. For some of us, it's getting our driver's license. For some of us, it might be Christmas. For some of us, it might be getting married. For some of us, it might be something else. But I want you to understand, all of that's going to pale in comparison when you get to heaven. Because of what Jesus has done for us, you will not be the same. Don't be the same this holiday season. Don't look at Christmas through the same eyes. Let's pray together. And so, God, we pray that as Eustace, many of us need you to cut down deep into our hearts. Help us, God, to not try to hide who we are, what we are before you. Because when we come and confess that we need you, you are there ready to meet us where we are. Because that's the reason you came. Your name is Jesus because you would save people from their sins. So God, today we pray in Jesus' name that you would forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name that you would change our lives. We pray in Jesus' name because there is no other name under heaven whereby which we must be saved. And so today, church, let me ask you, are you looking for a cure? You looking for a way to deal with your mess? You looking for something new this holiday season? It's found in Jesus. It's only found in Him. And there where you're sitting, let me ask you, do you know Him? Do you have a relationship with Him? Let Him be the gift He wants to be. right there where you're sitting. You can just say a simple prayer. Dear God, Jesus, I give you my life. Change me. Forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. Father God, we thank you that you accept us as we are. With all of our mess, we don't have to hold it all together to come to you. But you invite us to come freely as we are. We thank you that you understand us and that you love us. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.